2022. Uh, a lot of things went on in 2022. Who's excited that 2022 is done? Like, who's just like, yeah, 2022, not a good year. Maybe it's a great year for you. I don't know. Um, I was kind of thinking, what was some, what were some big things that happened in 2022? The first thing that popped into my head was the slap. Chris Rock got slapped in the face in 2020. Do y'all remember that junk? That was great. Can you imagine? Like, Georgia got, or, you know, Ohio State got slapped in the face last night. But can you imagine getting actually slapped in the face? Like, on live TV in front of a billion people that you get slapped in your face. Guys, that's terrible. That's just horrible. Um, that was like the first big thing I remembered from last year. Early on in the year, a lot of sports stuff happened last year. UGA did win the title last year. Hopefully, again. Um, the Rams. Any Rams fans in here? Won the Super Bowl. Uh, the Warriors won the NBA championship. The Astros. Boo! Won the World Series. Um, somebody won the FIFA World Cup. I don't really know who. Um, I don't know if they're. I'm sorry. I'm not a soccer guy. But um, there's obviously great things happened last year, and obviously hard things happened last year. Um, war in Ukraine that we know about, obviously. Um, just something that kind of defined a lot of last year and um, kind of still, you know, ongoing. Inflation defining our economy, obviously, elections and all that fun stuff, yard signs, and thank you that those are gone and nobody cares anymore. And um, so, Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of, honestly, a lot of famous people died last year. kind of happens every year, several um, that I had forgotten about. I had to look some of these up. Bob Saget died last year. Uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, I don't even remember that happening, but he did die last year. Robbie Coltrane, R.I.P. Hagrid, um, if you're a Harry Potter person, he died last year. Jerry Lee Lewis died last year. Barbara Walters died last year. Queen Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth died last year. A lot of things happened in 2022, right? Obviously, every year that we kind of look back on, there's all sorts of things that we can think about that were great and some things that we think about that were hard and that... Things that we won and things that we lost, and obviously there's things in, in you know, national news and world news that we can talk about and things personally in your life, personally in my life, personally in our families, things that happened, things that occurred, not in the news. Um, we heard a lot of things in 2022, a lot of things that entered into our space and that we kind of heard about. But here's, here's the question for this morning, and as we look into 2023, here's our, here's our thought and our question from 2022 of all the things that we heard, of all the things that you heard, did you hear from God? Did you hear from God last year? Did you hear his voice speaking to you in your heart and your spirit to lead you and guide you throughout the year? Were you listening to him? Were you following him day by day, drawing near to him? Like Samuel, did you have the moment in life where you go, man, God's, God's calling me, God's speaking to me. And so we want to look at that, that story just for a little bit this morning. And honestly, I just kind of want to have a, a conversation with us as a church to sort of lead us into thinking about 2023 and what this year is going to look like for us. And honestly, here's my goal for us um, this morning and, and moving forward is just that we would have that heart and that mindset to say, speak, Lord, through your servant is listening. I want to hear from you, God. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to be obedient to you. I want to follow you wherever you would lead me. So as we meet uh, Samuel, we open up the book of 1 Samuel. It's kind of the end of the period of the judges, if you know your Bible history. Um, Israel's in the promised land. They're pretty established as a nation. They've driven out the other nations for the most part um, that they were supposed to. And in the period of the judges, 
It was really God kind of sending in these men and women time and time again to sort of save his people, rescue them from slavery or subjugation from the other nations around them because they're sinful, and he has to sort of rescue them out of that. And then they start following God again, but then they start to clamor for a king, right? And so that's really where we find Samuel. And the young boy Samuel, he is the son of his mother Hannah um, and his father Elkanah, and they had been praying for a child. Hannah hadn't bore a child. This is a pretty common theme throughout scripture, by the way. Women um, who can't have a child that God blesses with a child in some way. And Hannah does that. She prays for a son and, and God blesses her with Samuel. And she had prayed that if God would give her Samuel, that she would, ble- that she would offer him to the Lord. And she does. God gives her a son, Samuel. She gives him then accordingly to the priest Eli to then serve with him in the temple, the tabernacle at the time. The, the whole temple wasn't built. So Samuel serves there as a, as a young kid, right, from basically birth until at this point probably 12 years old. Um, he's been serving in the temple under the, 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 the priest Eli. So the period of the judges is ending. And then Samuel will be the one who would anoint King uh, Saul, the very first king uh, later um, over Israel, and King David. That would be Samuel. Samuel's dedicated to the Lord. And it says this in verse, uh, the very first verse of this chapter, right? That the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. The word of the Lord was rare. Now, I want to talk about that for just a second because it's interesting, and we're in a different context nowadays, okay? So I want to give us some context around what he's talking about here, the word of the Lord being rare. This is the time before there was really uh, written scripture, right? What we have up to this point is really the first five books for the most part of the, of the Old Testament, uh, Genesis through uh, Deuteronomy because Moses had written those in the time of the Exodus and all that. So we have that really as the written records. But then from, from, from here on out, what we're going to have is prophets, men like Samuel, who would begin to write the scriptures down. And that hadn't really happened yet. So what we have is just men who need to actually hear the word audibly from God so that they could speak what God's word was to his people as prophets, as priests, and write these things down and and perform miraculous signs and wonders to give them authority and credibility as God's prophets. They would do some amazing things so that people would listen to them so that they could write the word down. That wasn't really happening at this time. As we go through the period of the judges, A lot of people weren't really following God. There were no prophets, apparently. And so Samuel, being this young boy, is going to be sort of the the turning of a page here, right? When God's word begins to come to Israel once again through the prophet uh, Samuel. But here's the thing for us today, okay? Um, Samuel really being the sort of a mixture of priest and prophet, Okay, so the application for us today as we talk about hearing from the Lord, I want us to get this clear right now. We don't need priests and prophets. That's not what we need anymore. Okay, and here's why I say that. One, we don't need priests because Jesus is our high priest. Jesus has accomplished for us what the priesthood in the Old Testament was given to accomplish, to intercede between God and man, right? To offer sacrifices for the sins of the people, to be the ones who could mediate between them, to kind of be and live in the presence of God. Samuel was literally sleeping in the temple before the presence of God, who who lived on the ark in the temple of God. Samuel lived there, right? And we don't need people to do that anymore because of what Jesus has done for us. The book of Hebrews, we went through that a couple years ago, makes this case very plain to us. That Jesus is our high priest, and now because of what he has done in offering his own body, his own blood, on our behalf, we can live in the presence of God. We sleep every night in the presence of God, just like Samuel did. Right? Praise God. Absolutely. We need not a priesthood anymore, and we need not a prophethood anymore. We don't need men, women to come and speak the revelation of God to us. You know why? Because it's been done. It's been given to us. We have what they didn't have. 
We have the full revelation. The reason the prophets were given in the Old Testament, again, was to give the people the word of God so that they could know God and know the story of God, know the promises of God that all pointed to who? Jesus. They all pointed to Jesus. And then Jesus shows up, and he is the greatest prophet of God because he's the perfect, completed, fulfilled word of God in a person embodied that he shows up. Hebrews 1 verse 1 says, in the, in, the, in the former days, God spoke in many times in many ways by his prophets, and this day he's spoken to us by his son, Jesus. Right? That is Hebrews 1 1. Go read that, and it's just letting us know Jesus is the completed word of God. He's the final word. It's been done, and there's no new revelation that needs to be done. And so what we have is the Old Testament prophets pointing to him. Jesus comes. He shows us who God is. He is God in the flesh. And then the New Testament prophets and apostles, they comment and teach about who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and what he's going to do when he returns. Right? That has been done. That has been completed. So we don't need today the priesthood and the prophethood that they needed back then to hear from the Lord, not in the same way. Do we need that today? However, while a formal priesthood isn't needed, Peter does say this, 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9, he actually calls us, the church, a royal priesthood, that we are a royal priesthood. And what that simply means is we all have the privilege and the ability, because we are Christians filled with the Spirit of God, that we live in his presence we have unhindered access to the Father every single day. And so we can minister to and for people in this world every day all the time. You and I together, collectively, we are a priesthood in that sense that we get to minister to people. We get to serve people. We get to stand in the gap for people. We get to pray and intercede for our brothers and sisters, especially those who don't know Jesus, right? Because they don't have that relationship yet, and we do. And we get to be this priesthood, so to speak, that sort of goes, you know what, I know God and I have a relationship with God and I can stand in the gap for those who don't. And for all of us who do, we, we, we pray and we minister to and we serve one another in that way. And no, we don't need proper prophets in the sense of we don't need people predicting the future because God has shown us what, is, what has happened and what's coming to pass. Right? God has given us all those things. We don't need prophets in that sense. We don't need anybody to write down scripture because it's already been done. It's already been completed. God's plan has been unfolded. But in the sense that we can take the word of God that has been given and we can know it, we can study it, we can learn it, we can read it, and we can share it with one another. And we can help apply it into each other's lives, right? In the book of Colossians chapter 3, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in, among you richly, right? That's the church. Let the word of Christ dwell among you richly so that we can do what? Teach and admonish one another in Christ Jesus. That's, that's us sort of being prophets to each other, is it? Not like speaking the word. What do prophets do? They speak the word of God. If you know the word of God, you can speak the word of God. That is the gift. So some of you are thinking, if you know your Bible well, you're thinking, well, you know, the New Testament talks about there's gifts of prophecy, right? Like there's gifts of prophecy. Like we can actually have that. And I, I agree with that. I think actually, I will say this, I think it's one of my gifts. I think some of you have this gift of prophecy. And what that simply means is you know God's word and you can speak it into people's lives, right? You can apply it to the world. You can apply it to other people. You can apply it to yourself well. Some of you have that gift, preachers, teachers. Maybe you have discernment and the ability to kind of see what's going on in someone's life and to say, hey, this is how God's word speaks into that, right? I think that's a gift of prophecy. And so while we don't have proper priesthood and proper prophets like that anymore, what we do have is we are a royal priesthood and we have the opportunity, like prophets, to speak God's word given to us, fully revealed in the scriptures, 
into one another's lives every day. And we should take those opportunities. And we should be these priests, these prophets in these ways all the time as much as we can. And so I say all that to say this, that it may not be said about us that the word of the Lord is rare in these days. It cannot be said. You know why? There is a Bible under every chair in this room. The word of the Lord is not rare in these days. If you have a Bible, you have the word of the Lord. What may be rare is that the word of the Lord is listened to and obeyed in these days. That may be rare. I think it is rare. Um, studies have shown over years that, over, over the last couple decades, that most Christians, Christians, don't read their Bibles. Most. Over 50%. Don't read it regularly. Which is just mind-boggling. That we wouldn't want to know the God who has revealed himself to us, who has spoken to us so clearly. Again, don't ever say God has not spoken to you. He has. He has. A thousand pages he has spoken to you. And he wants us to see him and know him, know his heart, know what he loves, know what his will is, know what his mind is. The Bible's not this long so that we don't know it. It's this long so that we can know it, that we can read it. We can learn God. We can see who he is. We can love him more and worship him more. The people who were singing loudest just now are the people who know his word best. Because we know who he is. And we've seen him be faithful. And we stand on that rock every day. Right? So don't ever let it be said of this generation that the word of the Lord is rare. If anything, those who listen those who obey, maybe that's rare. And so that's the call for us this morning. Let's, let's not be those people who don't listen. It's not a question of whether or not God has spoken or is speaking. It is simply a question of are we listening. Hebrews 4.12 said that his word is living and active. And the writer's talking about the scriptures. It's living and active. That, that Paul tells Timothy, every, every bit of this is God-breathed in 1 Timothy 3, right? It's God, God breathed it out. It's alive, and it moves, and it works in your life. Can anybody testify to that? The efficacy of God's word in your life and how good it is and how rich it is and how real it is. I can, and I, and I know many of you can. And I want to just challenge us as a church this morning to crave to hear the word of the Lord, and it's given to us in Scripture. And so verse 4, verse 4 through 8, we, we see Eli or uh, Samuel start to hear God audibly speak to him, right? And again, different time, different need, right, for God to audibly speak and because Samuel's going to be a prophet and he's going to be one who writes down Scripture, right? So God begins to speak to Samuel and he hears God's voice and he, you know, he thinks it's maybe Eli who's the priest who's calling him and he runs to Eli three times and, Eli, what's going on? What do you need? You know, it's kind of middle of the night, early, early morning. Eli finally realizes what's going on here, right? And so um, how, how does God speak to us today, right? There's really two ways. There's, there's two ways. And one I just kind of talked about is just the scripture, right? But um, there's really two main ways that we talk about revelation. When God speaks to us, that's revelation. There's really two main ways that happens. The first way is general revelation. General revelation means the way in which God speaks to all people all the time. And, and basically, for the most part, we're talking about creation, we're talking about creation, 
right? And so uh, Romans chapter 1, prototypical chapter on this where Paul is kind of laying out before us the idea that nobody in the world has the excuse to say, God doesn't exist, I don't see evidence of, an, of a creator out there. He says no one really has that excuse. Why? Because his invisible qualities and attributes are seen in all that he has made. That's general revelation. That just simply means outside of the Bible and what he has particularly revealed about himself, all people everywhere can see there's a creator, right? There is someone, some mind, some super intelligent power who has done this. Right? That is just made evident to the world. That's the first way that God speaks to us. And the second category would be special revelation. Right, So we've got general revelation. Anybody can see this anytime. Special revelation is the way that God has revealed himself through his word by his spirit. Now this is something that has to be done by God for you to understand and see who he really actually is. So again, though anybody in the world could understand there is a creator. And if you go all around the world right now, whether people have heard of Jesus or not, whether people have heard the gospel or not, most people on the planet, 90% of people on the planet, have some idea of deity, right? They understand there is, there is deity around us. There is godness. There's something that we worship, something bigger, something greater, right? That's a general revelation. Specific revelation or special revelation comes when the word of God comes. And that was why... He gathered men and women, prophets in the Old Testament together to, to give them his word so that they could write it down, so that we could then read it, so that we could have this special revelation, so that we could see particularly what it means that there is a God and who this God is and what his plan is and what his promises are and how those things are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Nobody can be saved except by special revelation, them hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's special revelation. So while that person over, you know, somewhere across the world may, may know that there's some sort of God, that doesn't save them unless they hear who that God is, right? And we have this special revelation given to us now here in the Word. Now, there's a couple categories even under that. Again, Hebrews 1.1 tells us that Jesus is the fulfillment of that, right? The special revelation is um, kind of defined and brought down to a point in the person of Jesus Christ. The whole Bible, here's a little, you know, January 1st, 2023, trivia for you. The whole Bible is about one main person, is Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible's about. Old Testament points to him, New Testament shows us him, reveals him, explains him to us. So that specific revelation made fully complete in Jesus Christ. And then we, the church, we help each other understand that revelation, right? Again, Colossians, where he says, edify one another, encourage and teach and admonish one another as the word of Christ dwells in you richly. That's why we need to hear sermons. That's why we need to be in growth groups. That's why we need to do Bible studies. That's why we need to talk to each other about the scriptures all the time so that that special revelation can take root in our hearts and we can know God better and better and better and learn him more. And as we pray, as the Spirit of God works in our hearts to lead us into prayer so that his word comes alive in us and then we pray out his word that we've received, right? Prayer and scripture are brother and sister. And we got to learn to open his word that has been given to us to reveal him in our hearts so that then as we pray, we learn to pray his will that is given to us in his word, right? This is how God speaks to us. And then the third kind of subcategory of that is even in life experience, right? Now, here's where it kind of gets tricky for some people as you think about, like, God speaking to me and God, like, how do I hear from him? Because there are some of you in this room that I know have a story about, well, I, like, I, I saw some weird thing one time. Scott actually told a great story. I love that story. Right? An amazing story about like natural events going on around us that we are able to discern 
and see God's hand and work and, and even really hear his voice in our hearts, right, speaking to us. But how did that work? And Scott said it beautifully. How did that work? He sees these things as he's worshiping God. And what came to his mind? Scripture, right? That he sees the bird fly and he sees the sunrise and he sees the rainbows and he's knowing God's word the whole time and he's filtering all of that process through the word of God. This is how God speaks because he speaks in his word. And then as we live our lives and we have conversations and we have relationships and we meet this person at the grocery store and we see that thing happen over here at work and we hear that song play or whatever it is, we're able to filter all those things by the word of God that he has spoken to us so that we know him. Get this, get this clear though, okay? I need to make this clear as your pastor. We do not receive any new special revelation from God outside of the Bible. We don't. You can't. There's nothing you're going to know, like learn about God that is not in here, okay? It's impossible. It's not possible. You may learn something about God and then go read and find out it's in here because it's been revealed to you. Does that make sense? But we're not going to, there's no new revelation happening because the Bible has been sealed. The prophets are, are done speaking in that way. But at the same time, it is possible for God to use the things in our lives and people and places and situations and circumstances around us to get our attention and to lead our minds and our hearts through discernment. And that's why it's so important that we know this. Because if we don't know this, if Scott didn't know God's word and all that stuff happened, he would have had no idea what to think about it, right? It would have just been the world is amazing and phenomenon are great and the rainbow's pretty or whatever. But what did it lead him to do? Worship Jesus and see that what he's read in here and what is happening around me are all connected. That's what God wants to do in our minds. Man, I want that for all of us, that as we live our lives, that our minds are transformed, Romans 12, 1 and 2, that our minds are transformed by his word and spirit so that everything we do every day has spiritual significance to us. Because the world that we live in, y'all, it's more than bricks and mortar and flesh and bone. We live in a spiritual world, a reality, and there's truth that God has spoken to us that he wants us to see the world in that light and be able to understand everything through that. So Samuel, as he hears God speaking to him, he doesn't know who's talking, right? He's kind of confused and he runs to Eli and all that stuff. It says he didn't yet know the Lord. He didn't know his word yet. And there's some of us in this room that that may be true of us. We don't yet know the Lord. We don't yet know his word. And there's two reasons for that. The first one is simple ignorance. I think that's where Samuel was, right? He's just a young boy. He doesn't yet know God. Parents, teach your children, right? Teach your children to know God. Lead them again and again back to the scriptures and show them who he is so that when that moment comes and God begins to speak into their hearts and show them who he is personally, they would know that it's him calling to me. It's him speaking to me. It's him working in my life, right? Whether or not that voice is audible or it's just right here in the page, whatever that looks like for you, you'll know that it is this God, the God of the word, right? So there's ignorance, but the other thing is sin. Sin is a reality. Jesus said the verdict is this, John chapter three, where he said the light has come into the world. That's the revelation of God, right? It's come into the world, but people don't wanna see it because they love the darkness because their deeds are evil. And sin is a reality of our lives, right? In a way that we don't hear God speaking to us. We don't care what this says, and we don't want to know what it says, and we don't want to follow what it says. Or maybe we do know it, and we just don't want to do anything about it because we love the sin in our hearts. 
And maybe for some of us in this room, the simple application of today, moving forward in 2023, is simply this. If there is sin in your life that you need to repent of, to turn away from, do it. And do it today. Renounce and repent of the sin that you are living in so that you may hear the word of the Lord moving forward. So that it may work in your life. And I've been in places like that, and some of you have been in places like that, where just sin was in your life, and you had not taken the steps to remove the sin from your life. And it was so hard to hear from God in those times. You can open this all you want. You can read it, and it's just like you're hitting a brick wall because nothing's there until, like Samuel, we turn and have a heart of, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And this is the point of the whole story, that, that finally Eli understands what's going on. He tells Samuel, just go back, hear it again, and when you hear the word this time, just say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And that's what he does. He hears God call him a fourth time, and he says that, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. God wanted to move Samuel from being that young boy of ignorance who didn't know him, who hadn't experienced him, who hadn't walked with him yet, to being a man now a prophet of God, a priest of God who knew his word, who knew what he sounded like, who knew how to walk with him in obedience. And this is what he wants from every one of us, that we, look, look, look at me, that we would grow up, that we would grow up in our faith and stop being children. Like I said, there are so many Christians who think it's okay to go about our faith and our Christianity not knowing the word of the Lord. And still living in that childish state of not knowing who he is, not knowing what he sounds like, not being obedient to him. And God is just calling and he's saying, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm speaking in sermons, I'm speaking through the scriptures. I want you to have a quiet time. I want you to be with me every day. I want you to know me. I want you to just come and open your hands and your heart and say, speak, Lord. If your servant is listening, I want to hear you. I don't want to know you and I want to walk with you. Listen. I don't know if you'll ever audibly hear the voice of the Lord. I haven't, and I know for most people they haven't, and maybe you have. And listen, I don't know, and that may happen from time to time where God just specifically wants to kind of get your attention. You audibly hear something, or you see an amazing sign, or you have a, a dream that really, like, I don't know if that's going to happen for you. Honestly, probably not. I know 100% sure he has spoken to you in this. I know that. And so you can Bank on that. And if those other things come from time to time, then you can filter those things through this and know that it's true. And if somebody comes up to you and says, I have a word of the Lord from God to you, you know what you say? You say, okay, tell me what it is. And then when they tell you what it is, you go here. And you make sure what they said lines up with this. Because if it don't, you go, that ain't from God. It's not him. I don't care what you said to me. If it ain't here, it ain't God. Because you have to know what this says. Listen, I could get up here and tell you anything I want to tell you. And if you don't know this, I can take advantage of you. I can abuse you. I can lead you. And people have done this. Pastors have done this. Heaven forbid I would ever do this. But listen, when you're here and you see and you hear whatever's going on here and the preaching that happens here, you go back here. And you make sure that whatever I say lines up with what's actually here. Goodness gracious, don't put that on me to be the only one speaking to you. God has spoken to you. Listen to him and test what I say by the scriptures. 
Be like the Bereans, Acts chapter 16. Everything Paul said to them, they went to the scriptures and they made sure he was right. I love it. That's how we need to be as Christians. Don't let me be the only voice you hear. Make sure that if I'm speaking, I'm speaking the very words of God. So what do you want from this year? That's the question. What do you want from this year? When I was in college, um, the only New Year's resolution I ever kept, actually, um, it was probably uh, 2007, 8, something. Um, it's 19, 20 years old. And I made the resolution. I was going to read the Bible every day. I was in Bible college, but it was a textbook to me. Right? And I didn't know it, not for myself. And I thought, I'm going to read it every day this year, and I'm going to read through it and read the Bible. And I did. And I just, you know, long story short, that became for me, honestly, the most life-changing decision I ever made, to simply read God's Word every single day. Look, every single day. Every day. And look, miss a day or two. It's not like anybody's grading you. I'm just saying, make it a goal of your life. To know this backwards and forwards, inside and out, so that you know God. It's not just about knowing the Word of God, but knowing the God of the Word and being able to walk with Him and hear from Him. What if, what if for the next 365 days, every day started with you going, literally, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening? What if you said that every day, prayed that every day, and then read what his word says, and then lived it out? It changed your life. It will change your life if you live it out in obedience. It will change this church. It will change this community that we would be a people like Samuel, humble and hungry before the Lord to do what he's called us to do, to be who he's called us to be, right? I, that, that, I, I want that to be a goal for you. If you don't make any other resolutions or whatever, make that one. If we were a church full of people who did that, guys, it, it'd be, that would bless my heart. It would give me joy, and I know it would bless the heart of the Lord that we would be a church that loves his word. And so I just want to end by saying this, just for, as, a, as, a, as a pastor to you guys, as your pastor this year, five goals that I have for this church, for you individually, and really us as a church Five goals that I have, just personally, these are things that I, I do believe that the Lord has kind of put on my heart over the last several months that I would love to see. And these, again, are all from his word. This is informed by this. One goal is that I want us to be a church that loves and lives the word of God. I want us to be a church that loves and lives by the word of God. The second thing, I want us to be a church that is devoted to prayer devoted to prayer. In Colossians um, chapter 4, verse 2, where it says, be devoted to prayer. When we were in Colossians, that verse, more than any other verse, stuck out to me in that book. And I remember in the sermon on that last one in Colossians, I asked us, are we this church, right? Are we a church devoted to prayer, giving our life, like casting ourselves on God every day in prayer? We're not going to be if we're not in the word. Again, the brother and sister. And we got to be in the word so that our prayers are informed and led and aligned with the word of God. So we can walk in him. I want us to be a church devoted to prayer. Maybe that's a goal for some of you this year, to just be better at praying. Listen, honestly, we have put these rugs down in front of the stage just to, to be an opportunity for any of us, anytime, while we're singing, while we're, whatever we're doing, just to be able to come before the Lord and kneel before him and say, God, I, I just need to lay something at your feet right now. 
We want this to be not a stage but an altar. Any Sunday that you're here, guys, this is not a show that we're putting on. It's not a production. This is a sanctuary, a place, literally, that's what that means, set apart, a place set apart for worship, for us to pray for each other, for the lost, together, pray over one another. If you ever need prayer in here, just ask and be people of prayer. Number three, I want us to be a church that has a mission to save the lost and help the needy. So many of you have people whose names are on this cross, people you've been praying for, people you think about, maybe they're not on that cross, but people that you want to come to know the Lord. You've been praying, man, I want to see God save them this year. Amen. Do you want to see God save the people in your life that you're praying for? I want to see God save those who don't know him this year. And I want to see us as a church go and serve the needy. Something we are working on right now, and you're going to be hearing more about this in the next few weeks, is how we as Eastridge are partnering with the homeless ministry here in town. That's something we're going to be really doing and, and, and focusing on this year to, to partner and help those who are living in homelessness and poverty around, around our town. So that's something we're going to do as a church. And we're called to serve our community and help those in need. Number four, I want there to be no lonely people in, among us. Nobody anonymous here. Something that grieves my heart maybe more than anything is just to know that there are some of you who walk in here week in and week out and nobody knows you. Nobody knows your story. Nobody prays for you. Nobody understands what's going on in your life. Listen, let us in. Let us into that. Again, growth groups are a huge part of that. We did the connect card for that reason, like letting people pray for you. But I'm just asking you, get connected. And listen, if you're here every week, if you're somebody who regularly attends, if you're a member of this church, it is your job, as much as it is mine or Andrea's or Scott's or any other staff member, it is your job to make sure there is not a person here who has not been spoken to, who has not been engaged, who has not been seen and heard and loved when they walk through these doors. It is your job. It's our job. Make that a mission this year. Do not come in here, regular attenders, church members. Do not come in here just for yourself to get. Come in here for others to give. I promise you it is more blessed to give than receive. And if you will come in here with a mindset always of, I want to make this place better by my presence, I'm going to introduce myself to someone. I'm going to get to know someone. I'm going to look around and see if there's a face I don't know. I want to know who they are. I'm thinking about instituting a name tag policy. I don't know. Y'all don't shoot me for that. But I actually want to for a couple of weeks just to say, look, let's wear some name tags and just get to know names. I just want to know your names better. And I want, I want you to know who I am. I want to know who you are. I want you to know each other. It astounds me the number of people in this room right now you don't know. And I know that's uncomfortable to say because y'all are looking around like there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people here you don't know. Here's a challenge. As you come here every week, out in the atrium a little bit, get a coffee, mingle around, and talk to people. Before you leave, don't just get up and shoot out. Maybe just linger. Talk to somebody. Get to know, like literally, ask, hey, how you doing? Are you new here? I'm new. Are you in a growth group? I'm, you know, y'all can join ours or whatever. Like that is a great opportunity just to get to know people, to invite people in. We have men's ministries, women's ministries that are great for that, helping connect folks. Come to those things, Okay. Come to those things. And lastly, I want us to be a church that refuses to be comfortable. That refuses to be comfortable. Um, I got this up on stage. I got this from my father-in-law for Christmas. And it is a robe. I don't know if you know much about me, but here's something about me. I'm not a robe guy. 
I'm just not. But I'm becoming a robe guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting older. I'm becoming a robe guy. And I will tell you this. Um, last two weeks that I've had that he gave us this a little bit before Christmas. Last two weeks that I've had this. It has become a little bit. Man, this thing's gross. I think it's because I laid it there and whatever. Um, last two weeks that, I, that I've had this, man, it has become a, a, an accustomed thing for me to just sit on the couch with my robe. That's basically a Snuggie. It's a man Snuggie. But like to just sit on the couch with this on and it's super warm. Right now I'm sweating because it's terrible. Um, but to just sit on the couch with this and have my coffee or do my quiet time with this and just sit down and read my Bible and have my robe on and be all snug and be all warm, especially <laughs> two weeks ago and it's freezing. Um, you know what's hard? And honestly, I, and I mean this, like this morning, it was hard to just do this. Put on my jeans, you know? Like my jeans are cold, and I was like, I don't want to do that. But listen, we cannot be a people that live the robe life as Christians. You know where you don't wear your robe? Out in the real world. That's where you don't wear your robe. And we are called into the world. Not to be of the world, but to be in it. And everything that we've talked about this morning, y'all, the point is not just that we know God's word. The point is not that we sit down with our robe and have our coffee quiet time every morning. That's just the start of it. That's just armoring up. But then we take that off so that we can wear that armor and go out into the world and use what he said to us and live it out in uncomfortable ways sometimes to speak to people and love people and pray for people and invite people and share the gospel with people because that's what it's for, for us to go and to not live lives of just comfort but to sometimes do the hard things, to go and do what he's called us to do. These are the things that I want for us as a church, just my heart to you. Um, so the last thing I'll say is this. Whatever, in whatever way God has already, maybe hopefully this year, spoken to you through his word, through your discernment, by his spirit in you, kind of pricking you, prodding you, poking you, leading you to do whatever it is he's calling you to do. Whatever step he's calling you to take, take that step. Just that step. Start with that step. Maybe it is, I want to read my Bible this year. Maybe it's I want to go to church more consistently. Maybe it's I want to start getting involved in a group. Maybe it's I want to serve on a team around here. Maybe it's I need to share my faith. Whatever, whatever step. Take this step. Take that step. Take off the robe. Take your step. Let us help. Let us serve you as a church however we can. That's what we're here for. All right? Let me pray for us. And I just want to ask you as I pray to pray for yourself and pray for those around you that we would take those steps. Let's pray. God, help us. Help us, Lord, to be a church that takes the steps that you call us to take. I know you're speaking to us, Lord. I pray that we would listen as humble, obedient servants. Just let us listen. And go as you've called us to go, wherever that is, however that looks, for your glory. And I pray that in 12 months, we would look back and just rejoice at all the ways we have heard you speak to us and allowed us to move in obedience to you throughout this year. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. That is it for today. Happy New Year. You guys have a great, great Sunday. Hey, maybe linger around. Get to know somebody.